What's up, everybody? What's going on? How's it going, man? Welcome to Open Office Hours. This is the Artist of Data Science Open Office Hours. We're just going to get started here in a couple of minutes, so sit tight and we'll get going. All right. Got some people coming in. Right on. So check it out, guys. What I'm going to do right now is I'm going to pull up a really insightful post by my friend Giuseppe Bonacorso. I thought it was really interesting and insightful what his definition of a mentor is. And I think that it bears sharing with everybody here. He's talking about what are the right and wrong behaviors of a data science mentor. I 100% agree with every one of these points. Um, we're neither a professor nor a master. We're more like a colleague or a friend that's here to support you, but not a repository of all knowledge. Um, and I definitely agree with Giuseppe. If Giuseppe is saying that he's not a master or professor, then shoot, by no means am I one. Uh, also, we're not a substitute for books, Stack Overflow, or whatever help that you can find for yourself autonomously. So I like what he says here about what you achieve without any direct help is a new summit that you've reached. So that's pretty awesome. We're here to just share our experiences, not necessarily all our knowledge. And I'm definitely not going to be influencing any important decisions, but I will talk through them with you. Um, and I will be asking questions just as, you know, if you guys have questions for me, and I don't understand the question. I'm going to throw it right back at you guys. Um, so, yeah. That being said, I'm going to put everybody on mute, right? So if you have a question, what I would like you to do is actually type out your question and put it into the chat. And that is going to hold your place in line. And that way I could also field questions. So please be as clear with your question as possible and i'm only going to be answering questions that are put into the chat so go ahead take a minute or two think about your questions what is it that i could assist you with and then we will get the show on the road i will do this since uh Ofar was here first. Let's go ahead and just get the ball rolling with you. Everybody else, please, if you have a question, go ahead and put it right into the chat. Uh, I hope I'm saying it right. Is it Ofar? Ofar? Kari? Yeah, it is Ofar. Ofar. Right on, man. How you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm doing good, yeah. Uh, thanks awesome. a lot. Uh, and thanks a lot for hosting this. No, my pleasure, man. How could I help you? Yeah. Um, yeah, just, uh, I just, I, I feel I'm, I'm actually like a... Um, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm trying to break into data science because, uh, my, 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 my current job is kind of mostly like in, in the social science, like doing, uh, econometrics and those type of, uh, like causal influence work and then try to break into like more like a data science space. And yeah, so I just like, uh, uh, I've been attending webinar. I've been like attending like a, a lot of like even to kind of like broaden my, my 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 perspective and i just like yeah i just uh feel like uh, since you're hosting this and yeah so i i uh, i feel like um yeah this may be a uh, this will be a very good uh, a very good opportunity for me to get to speak to you and yeah i just have uh, like uh one questions because i think like you have 
you you're running your podcast and then you also have like a lot of experience in this field uh what are the common what are the the, the common mistake of like aspiring data scientists that you have observed and then like you see like you know people should not be making this mistake uh, it, it, it's something that you observe across your like your 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 experiences so i think like maybe like you can share it with us and then so that we don't uh, we don't repeat those mistakes it's a bit of a broad question common mistakes in any particular domain any particular application a mistake in in what respect can you yeah kind of uh, i think bit? uh maybe it's more like a like uh like in networking maybe like uh okay. in networking with like uh with fellow data scientists with like job search that kind of stuff and also maybe it can also be like in technical maybe you have worked with uh with a junior uh, a junior personnel and then they make like this uh this mistake they right away i don't know so it can be anything yeah okay so let's start with the with the networking and um Go ahead, keep yourself uh, unmuted, uh, Offer. And by the way, everybody else, please, if you guys have questions, type them out, put them into the chat. That way I can get to your question in turn. But when it comes to networking, so I've, I've had, you know, I've done talks across the city here and I've been at other networking events myself. And it, this happens every time. There's at least two or three people who do this who will literally follow you around with a resume in hand and just ask if you have any openings job openings and they'll just like follow you around for the rest of the the conference don't do that don't be that guy mm-hmm. right so i talk about this a lot actually um the podcast i released earlier this week on monday with um Allison Grade and she had a wonderful five-step approach for networking. And I'm actually going to be uh, writing about this pretty soon, but let me pull it up and I'll share with you what I've written from uh, from this. So give me one second because I, I absolutely love her framework. I'm going to pull this up. Yeah, because networking is a tricky thing. All right, cool. So... I'm just pulling up Allison Grade's book here. If I can find it. Sorry. There it is. All right. Cool. Yeah, so you guys are going to enjoy this one. And it's super simple. It's super easy to follow framework. Um, and it's pretty much this, right? So it's a series of five questions you can ask when you're at a networking type of event. And then based on the responses that a person gives, then you know what to do next, right? So first thing is easy, Right. If you meet somebody, just ask, where are you based? How does this manifest itself in a data science conference? Um, you know, oh, hey, where are you visiting from? Are you from out of town? Right, just a simple opener, like she says, to get the conversation doing. Obviously, what do you do if you're at a data science conference, a data science networking event? That might be a bit um, of a, a redundant question to ask, but 
I would instead ask, oh, hey, what type of problems are you working on? What aspect of data science are you interested in? Are you data engineer, machine learning engineer, data scientist, data analyst, right? And this, how does that work exactly? How does that play itself out for data science events? Um, well, instead of how does that work exactly, you can say, oh, well, how do you, how do you enjoy that? How do you like that? What challenges are you facing in that type of a position, right? And then ask why they're there. And then the fifth step probably doesn't count for data scientists. Who can I introduce you to? Um, well, maybe it might. It might. Um, but yeah, this general five-step framework, I think, is a really good way to just not be awkward in a networking event. And it's really just boils down to just being interested about the person that you're talking to. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Just being genuinely interested in the work they do. Um, Cause you gotta remember like the goal of networking is not to ultimately get you a job. Like that might be a byproduct of networking, but the purpose of networking is to build a relationship with the person. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yes, thank, thanks. Uh, that's uh, that, 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 that's uh, really helpful. Okay, awesome. Okay. And then you had a second question on top of that. Uh, no, I think I, I think my my most main concern is is always like on on really how to navigate the the job market because like I'm I'm currently based in in the US and I'm an international and then like uh, job search is challenging even in normal time. So now yeah. it is like now there is a COVID and yeah. I think like my, my second question, I think like- uh, you, Let me just uh, dispel that myth real quick. So, um, so, you know, my other mentorship platform that I'm a part of, uh, the one that's hosted by Kyle McHugh is Data Science Dream Job. I'm the principal mentor there. And this summer, I've, we've had like 10 or 15 students land jobs. Um, okay. And every week, my students are getting interviews. And every week, they're you know, coming in and sharing about all these different opportunities that they're having come up. And I think it's just a result of taking action. Mm -hmm. So if right now you aren't having any opportunities pop up, assess whether or not you're actually taking action, mm -hmm. right? So are you going out there and actually submitting applications or are you not even searching for a job, right? And if you do go out there and submit an application, are you following up with them? Are you reaching out to people on LinkedIn, right? Because you can't simply just submit your resume and hope and pray that it gets picked up by somebody on the other end. There's still work to do in between that. So uh, it's all about creating opportunities for yourself, in that respect. Yes, yes, thank you. Yeah, I think that, that, that there are some other questions on the chat, maybe, uh, yeah, you can. Uh, no, you had another question that was really good too. I just can't remember what it was. Uh, no, I think the, yeah, I think the, the first question is like a common mistake, especially okay. on, the, cool. on, on, on the networking. My, my second question is uh, actually like how to network effectively, but, but I, I think you can address that okay. question like later on. Uh, yeah, oh, okay. Just, yeah, definitely. Well, feel free to hang out and thanks for, for asking. Yeah. Um, Gunjin just saying, thank you for starting this. Hey, man, it's, it's my pleasure. Um, yeah, so as part of Data Science Dream Job, I, I have office hours, like six hours a week. Um, so I wanted to help more people. So I figured if I just carve out maybe an hour of my time 
and try to give back to the community, help people out. I'd be happy to, but you know, keep in mind, I'm by no means am I an expert in anything. I'm just, I'm just a dude who works as a data scientist. Like that's pretty much it. So um, thank you for being here and thank you for entrusting me with your time. Sanyam Oberai has a very detailed question. Um, so Sanyam is a data scientist with three years of hands-on work experience in the field of machine learning. He's he or she is looking to transition to NLP and computer vision. Uh, they've read quite a bit about both fields uh, through courses and books and have recently started working on a couple of NLP projects at their work, at their current job, and they're taking on freelancing jobs in the same domain. Awesome. Well, you should check out the episode I released on Monday um, about freelancing with Allison Grade. So you got a couple of questions related to the same. Should I gain expertise in just one of these two areas, NLP and vision, or would it be helpful to gain a knowledge and hands-on experience in both? quite interested in further studies so it would be beneficial from career standpoint to go for masters so would it be beneficial to go for masters or pursue masters through an online university since it gives you the advantage of not compromising on your work all right um let's talk about this so you're you're, you're wondering if you have to pick between nlp and computer vision why is it that you think that you have to pick between the two uh, hey, Harpreet, this is Sayam. Uh, so I'm logging in from India and I really appreciate you taking out the time uh, uh, to uh, uh, conduct this session uh, to guide us. Yeah. Uh, so the, rash, uh, the reason that I think that I may have to choose one, or, uh, one of the two is uh, because of the rapid pace with which both the fields are evolving and day in and day out, uh, new models and new architectures are coming in in both the fields. And it's really hard for one to keep uh, to keep a pace uh, with both the fields at the same time, uh, as well as maintain quite an in-depth knowledge about both the fields. All right. So, so uh, uh, pause. Pause it real quick. So let me ask you, where it is that you see yourself? Then, okay. So you're saying both fields are very rapid. They're moving very quick, and they're changing at such rapid pace that you're worried that you won't be able to keep up with one or the other. So. Where are you trying to be in your career? Are you trying to remain in a individual contributor type of role? Or are you trying to move up through leadership and management? Like, where do you see yourself in the next few years? Like, in 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 terms of the hierarchy, where do you want to be? Sure. So, uh, given my current work experience, uh, I have only three years of work ex. Uh, so, for the next couple of years at least, I see myself as an individual contributor. Uh, post that, I definitely see myself moving up the corporate ladder and uh, transitioning into certain uh, management kind of roles within the same field. Yeah. All right, great. So if you, now let's take this one step back now. Let's think about the principles for NLP and computer vision. Do you think fundamentally the way you solve an NLP problem or the way you solve a computer vision problem is going to change just the principles of your approach or is it only the tools that change? Uh, primarily the tools, but uh, the entire end-to-end pipeline, uh, I mean, much of it remains similar, right? Uh, yeah. The cleansing part remains similar. Similarly, uh, the augmentation parts remain similar. Model yeah. training and 
and you're, you're confident in your ability to pick up new things quickly if you need to yes definitely yeah. so it's not like if you take a nlp job and you're using one t- particular tool that overnight as soon as a new particular tool rolls out that whatever organization you're in is rapidly going to adopt that tool or do you think they'll stay with whatever solutions they have now and either adopt the new tool or not adopt the new tool uh, so basis my current work experience in uh, working for an uh, mnc uh, i see they are a bit slow moving forward with uh, the cutting edge tools that are coming in uh, uh, into this field mm-hmm. uh, but yeah uh, i expect uh, there to be certain inertia with regards to mncs at least adopting those tools and that same inertia is present in many organizations right so even though there might be a seemingly rapid pace in the way the tools change the way you solve the problem itself doesn't really change much so when you look at it from that perspective that it doesn't become as mutually exclusive as you're painting it now right so if you have a passing interest in both i would say do what's more delightful to you do you like do you enjoy nlp more than computer vision do you enjoy computer vision more than nlp or do you like them both right because they don't have to be mutually exclusive um and if you're looking to go up to a managerial role in a couple of years then you don't have to worry about keeping up with the new stuff because that's what your um your team would be responsible for So in that respect I'd say if you enjoy both of them pursue both of them but like I I I don't think this is necessarily like a binary you know problem like you can't you don't necessarily need to pick just one and pursue that one um because even if we abstract away one level further and ignore the NLP or computer vision aspect of it it's still a machine learning problem and generally that pipeline is still going to be the same at at that higher abstract level if you just move up a couple of levels if that makes sense um sure. so yeah so 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 i guess my response to that so your question is would it be helpful to gain knowledge and hands on experience in both i think the more diversified you can make your skill set the more in, invaluable you make yourself as an employee so rather than i'm a big fan of generalizing not specializing So I think if I was as smart as you were I would take both of them like I would study up on both of them and have both of those skills in my talent stack. Sure. Uh that definitely helps. Uh, so thanks a lot for that. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other question here is uh, interest in further studies awesome. Uh, would it be beneficial from a career standpoint to go for masters or pursue masters through a online university? since it gives you the advantage of not compromising on work. Yeah, so if you're genuinely interested in learning more mm-hmm. and that's like you're you're doing it just for the sake of um self-education because you thoroughly enjoy it, uh, by all means like like go for it, man, go for masters, like it's all about educating yourself and getting better. Um and you're wondering if you should do it online or or in person? Um whatever's going to fit your lifestyle best. So if you are like if you want to continue working and you and don't want to relocate for school then yeah definitely do it online if you don't if you can 
forego a couple of years of no income. If you can go through that, then go to an in-person university. But I don't know how in-person universities are going to be nowadays. But, um, but yeah, so I, I mean, that's kind of a, it's not really an answer. But I would say for that question, think about what it is that you value. So, so talk to me here. What, what is it that, it's like, do you have enough money stacked up for a few years that if, if you wanted to quit working and go back to school, that you'd be okay? So I, yeah, so I plan to avail, uh, uh, again, a loan uh, just for my future education, for f- my further studies, uh, and uh, to repay that loan in the, moving forward in the future. Uh, so do you, do you think that not having a master's, is that causing any impediment to your career advancement currently? And that's a very relevant question. Uh, so uh, since I've been uh, planning to uh, switch my job roles, uh, in, I mean, from my present company, uh, and I've been applying for a couple of other jobs as well, uh, within the same field, uh, as I mentioned, uh, I see many of the companies uh, have listed masters as a qualification there on their uh, job roles. Although I do currently hold a masters, but that's an MBA. Uh, and I would want to, uh, given that many of the many of the companies are uh, looking for a masters in a computing field or in a statistical kind of a field, uh, that is why I am contemplating whether I should go for a masters or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, just like I'm not sure what the what the job market is is like in India, um, but like let's say if this was kind of this like you know Canada or the states. I'm based in Canada. Um, if you were if you've got a significant number of years of work experience, like you mentioned, you got three years of work experience, um, and you're quick to pick up things, and you've got a few solid projects that people can look at that are artifacts that demonstrate your technical capability, um, then you having a master's in that field probably wouldn't be as much as a, of a deterrent because as you go through the interview process, if you're able to answer all their questions sufficiently and provide really solid answers and you're able to demonstrate that even though you don't have a master's in that particular field that you can hold your water, hold your own, then it's all good. Um, but again, I'm not sure if it's different in India if they just don't even look at people who don't have masters in that particular field. So um, if it was yeah, me... That's, yeah, go on, go on, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, that's the point I'm most apprehensive about because many of the resumes would be shortlisted by, uh, let's say, certain tools uh, wherein there would be a qualification criteria in place, uh, let's say, basis a master's in a computing field or in a technical field. Uh, I may not just land uh, land any interviews. Yeah. yeah. So I'll just say straight from like my perspective, if I was in your shoes, given what everything you've told me, I would, I would not want to stop working. Like I would still want to work because that experience working in the industry, like that's super invaluable. Like it's really, really like you, there's no substitute for it. Right. So I would keep working, but then maybe pursue an online master's degree in my free time. That way it's like, I don't have to not have income and I don't have to be detached from the industry. Yeah. So hopefully that's um, hopefully that's helpful, man. Yeah, that 
that's definitely helpful so thanks thanks a lot for that yeah yeah cheers man um uh, thanks for the question so let's um we got i think a shaub going into a data analytics interview for the first time right on uh what are some of the what are some of the things that stand out and compensate perhaps for lack of practical experience do you have any projects yeah yeah so just to i just wanted to brief that up because if i gave you a lot of details i think that might have frazzled you but essentially just to like summarize i'm from london uk mm-hmm. and i basically have one year's experience so i'll say pretty much okay so like going from let's say from just data collection organizing surveys at that basic level to then progressing through like um agent i don't know if you're familiar with seo agencies digital marketing uh, no i'm not too familiar with that uh, but essentially it's just like collating different metrics like web analytics essay like you know you have sessions e-commerce revenue just mm-hmm. doing that those type of dashboard reporting and then another one is like web scraping in a sense to so like getting information from data so i mean online sorry so that's essentially just using python to get the information so yeah just like a combination of python and sql you can say like over the last years or so not just from practical as well but mainly from projects because i've been learning those two for the last two years if that makes sense but essentially the real world practical i haven't really done i've obviously done a bit more python but not sql per se but if that just clarifies a bit of my background roughly in the sense that i have more project experience like from my personal projects rather than practical experience yeah i think honestly like personal projects and they can substitute for practical experience if they're really well done personal projects right so because i've seen personal projects that are just like really haphazardly and not really put together that well but if you've got a personal project that is a deliverable that you would be proud to deliver for your full-time job like if if it's mm. on that level of quality then it could substitute for a lack of that practical experience for sure um i'm not sure if that answered your question but no so yeah just to elaborate a bit more further on that i did I don't know if you're familiar with Udacity. Yeah, yeah. So that's basically what I did essentially for those projects using okay. like Udacity and their help and services. And yeah, yeah so I brushed up on that. All those online courses, they're great to learn from. And it's great that they provide you with like blueprints for how to create a project of your own. But I think the best learning comes from creating a project that is really original to you based on your interest, right? So you said you mentioned you had experience doing I believe web, web analytics, digital analytics. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, nature, yeah, right? yeah. So, much. if there's any way that you can source data regarding web analytics, uh, and and pull that data from the internet, maybe through some API, or whatever, and do some data cleaning with it, do some data manipulation, mm. summarize, aggregate, organize, and then like make it a real original project. Come up with a hypothesis, test your hypothesis, present your findings, right? Um, and have what you've used, what you've learned in those online courses as a blueprint or a template of knowledge and just have that project kind of like as a capstone, I guess that's what we call it in the, in the States and Canada, like a capstone project that takes all the skills that you learned in that Udacity mm. course and you're applying it to an original brand new problem statement. 
Yeah, but um, so the second part is just to elaborate on specifically that lack of practical because I've been doing a lot of um, so I've been getting quite a few feedbacks and from interviews and stuff like first stage or second second stage sometimes, mm-hmm. and some of the feedbacks is generic. Like when I ask, it's just like, oh, compared to other candidates, you lacked some specific experience or that with the job description let's say one of them was data quality, uh, data quality analytics for example and essentially you talked you were you weren't really excited about the data engineering aspects but you are more excited about the nlp and ai which i think is a dumb excuse anyway but that's yeah. what he said yeah well i mean first first things first man just make sure that you're applying for the roles that are genuinely exciting to you so yeah. limit the scope of roles that are genuinely exciting to you. And then when you do get a callback, let's say you apply online, you get a callback for this particular job. Then the next step would be to treat that job as it, like, sorry, that posting job posting as if it was like a syllabus. Right. And what I mean by treat like as a syllabus, like go through there, take like a freaking highlighter and highlight every combination of words that don't make sense to you. Like, Oh, I don't know what, what this particular thing means or what that thing means. Okay. Start, start licking them up and start developing mental models for yourself so that you can research about it, get a little bit educated on that. So when the question comes up, you're ready to talk about it. And even if you haven't done that particular thing explicitly through your work, you can at least say, you know what, I haven't done it during work, but I will tell you what I do know about it and shout it out. And if I was to have to do this thing at work, this is how I would go about doing it. Right. Yeah. that's like probably the biggest thing you do is literally like treat that job posting like it's a syllabus for some exam straight up. And then when it comes back to time to like ask for feedback, let's say, unfortunately, if you do get rejected, like just make sure you're asking feedback in a direct way and be just overly grateful for the opportunity Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to to meet with me. I really appreciate it. Totally understand that there's not a fit between my current skill set, what you guys are looking for. Uh, but I do appreciate the time that you guys took to speak to me. I look forward to hearing about all the awesome things you guys are going to do in the future. Would you be able to share with me what I could do to become a better candidate in the future? Mm, okay, I see. Like Fair that. enough. Just elaborate the, like, the middle. I usually just say the last part, but yeah, yeah I think that's a good point. So, But um. I think I might as well just say this as well for other people here, just in general. One valid point was actually that I was, I wasn't pausing enough, and like you know, sometimes when it says like, "So tell me in this situation what a negative experience," and then I will speak very rapidly sometimes to that response, and I think it was valid because they said that you going forward you should take a pause and breathe more, and so I think that's fair enough. I, that was a valid point, and so ever since like two months, I've been doing that. Have you heard of like the star format? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we use in the UK as well anyway. Yeah. So like the other big thing is, you know, look through the commonly asked behavioral questions. You can find them anywhere and literally just come up with a word document for each question, like type out S, underline it, and then a few bullet points, T, bullet points, and then just practice Mm. telling the story. And how are you going to practice telling the story is there's a situation when dot 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 my task was to do dot 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 the actions i took was dot 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 and as a result dot 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 right 
and bake that into how you respond to questions and just use use that as a guidepost um like literally just bake that into your answer every time and that yeah, way you okay, stay cool. on track that way you stay on track that way you're like okay well situation blah, blah. i've been talking forever but i haven't fucking said task yet oh shit all right but my task was too and then you keep talking and you're like all right and then if you don't hear yourself say action or analysis or whatever then it's a cue oh shit now i gotta tell them about this right so it's kind of a, a mental way to wait Hello? <laughs> uh, I don't think I can hear you, mate. No, I can't. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> no, I can't. I don't know what was. That's quite strange. I can't hear you now. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah, I can hear you now. I can hear you now. <laughs> I hit the cord. I hit the cord of my microphone, and uh, and that caused it to blink out. My apologies. Was was, was the last thing you heard me say? Um, uh, it was about like if you missed a point on the uh, A or R, then go back to it. Yeah, it's literally just like a roadmap to keep yourself on point, right? So by baking into like those words, situation, task, action, result in every story that you tell, then you're keeping yourself on track and you're just getting right to the point without losing anybody in a stream of words. But go, so going back to that, like just quickly, how would you revise that? Let's say like once a weekend or whatever, or what would you? So this is going to sound really weird, but I'll share my story with you anyway. So, I mean, I haven't really been in the interview game for a while, but when I was in the interview game, and by interview game, I mean like like I had multiple interviews mm. a week, just going insane. Uh, I, would just, I would just practice interview questions in my head while I was going on a walk, right? Okay, um, fair enough. So what could help is, first of all, look up the people on LinkedIn, right? See if you can find videos of them so you can figure out what they sound like, what their mannerisms are drive by the place that you're going to work at imagine what it would look like inside of there and then just take a few minutes like 20 30 minutes just sit back and just imagine yourself in that interview and imagine them asking you that question okay well if they ask me this question this is how i'm going to respond and if i respond this way they're probably going to ask this so then i'm going to say this and then if that's not satisfying enough then i'm going to come back and give this example and then they're going to say you know have that imaginary conversation in your head with the person and walk through that before you actually get to the interview and you do that yeah. enough times it's going to like there's there's a bunch of there's a cognitive trick but your brain's not going to know the difference so that when you're there it's going to feel like you're already been there before yeah fair enough i mean yeah those are good tips thank you for very much for sharing those appreciate yeah no problem all right so we got gungeon let me read this real quick gungeon is saying he's got a year and a half of experience as a data analyst from his home country gungeon sharma is probably from punjab uh, i was working <laughs> majorly with excel oracle bi and tableau uh, automating dashboards preparing reports kpis 
After that, you shifted to banking, which is not really a data analysis. Uh, now you're in Canada. Welcome to Canada, my friend. Um, and once again, you want to go back to data analysis. Do you have a chance? What are the broad fields or job positions in data analysis? How should I work towards it? All right, do you have a chance? Absolutely, man. Everybody has a chance. You got a chance. You got, got, a, chance. That. You got a chance. Everybody has a chance. Yeah. Um, what are the broad fields or job postings in data analysis? This is a great question. So, sorry, were you going to say something? No, go okay. on, please. Okay. Yeah. So, I think what people tend to do is when they're looking for jobs, they'll just type in like data scientist or data analyst. But mm -hmm. on LinkedIn, you could actually search for the particular skill instead of the actual job title because there's a bunch of job titles out there. Yes. Exactly. That, yeah. that aren't even, they don't even say data science or data analyst, but when you look at the job description, you're like, oh, well, clearly that's what this is, right? Exactly. So um, I think it was, do you know Eric Weber from LinkedIn? Sorry? Do you know who Eric Weber is from LinkedIn? No. Let's uh, I'll pull him up real quick. So he had like this awesome list of like data science related roles that didn't mm -hmm. even involve the name data science in the job title. So let's see if okay. we can pull that up. Um, yes. Definitely follow Eric. He's got a lot of amazing, am I sharing that? What, what do you see on my screen right now? Uh, it's loading. It's a, yeah, you've shared your. Okay. Great. I can see your profile now. Yeah. Awesome. So where in Canada are you? Uh, I'm in Vancouver. Oh, very nice. Yes. So uh, my husband was earlier in Winnipeg. So that's where I, I live. I know. I live so for two, three months, I was there in Winnipeg as well. Then I shifted to Vancouver. Yeah. In the winter? Uh, no, in the summers. Luckily, yep. <laughs> winter is nice. I like winter. But but I saw the winters in uh, Winnipeg for sure. I came there in February, so it was quite oh, like white and. Temperature yeah. was minus 15, 20. So. That's like the heart of winter. All right. So for everybody listening on the podcast, um, so this this episode, this isn't be released as a podcast episode, just heads up. What we're doing mm -hmm. right now is we're going to Eric Weber's LinkedIn and Eric Weber very recently posted a really insightful LinkedIn post where he was talking about, uh, you could see here just the quality of all his posts are just amazing. A lot of great insights. Yeah. If you're not following him, please do. Um, but he had this really cool post about all these data-related jobs, but none of them had the, the title data scientist. And okay. I'm hoping that we can easily pull that up just so we can um, kind of give you an idea. And if that doesn't work out, then we're going to do something else. Man, was it that long ago so, that you posted this? Sorry, go on. Uh, uh, I have been following Karthu, and even he puts a lot of uh, interesting articles out there. So... Yeah, definitely, man. I, I yeah, hundred percent vouch for Kyle. He is my good friend. Um, hopefully, you guys follow me as well. Um, my numbers on my engagement aren't that high, but hey, it is what it is. So I can't find his post because I guess it must have been really long time ago. So uh, we'll scroll for just a little bit more, just a little bit more. Uh, Moreover, nothing. I wanted to know uh, this as well. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, um, so I'll give you a brief background about myself. I have done my master's in economics. So I had statistics and maths, all that in, as my subjects. And soon after that, I 
worked as a data analyst for one one and one one and a half year where uh, i would say that it was just like learning abc for me it was just a starting point and i i actually didn't even knew anything about excel i was just new to it so i learned a lot of excel there then we were working on um, oracle bi and then tableau and most of it was data visualization then preparing dashboards automating uh, data automating so reports and all that have you kept up have you brushed up on the skill have you done any like side projects cuz like the biggest biggest benefit for you would be to kind of practice those skills again and be able to demonstrate those in the form of projects yeah. so that's so the, the biggest thing mm-hmm. so i have been doing because i after that i shifted to banking but i still had that love for data analysis and data and uh, in india it was not that easy for me to shift back to data so for just to keep myself up and keep trying i did tableau course online then i did an uh, advanced excel course also online then i uh, i am doing sql as well and uh, i have recently uh, got to know about this there's a website called makeover monday mm, yeah so yeah. they put in the data and you can use it it's very brief and a very small data but they uh, but you can see how people are doing so much with that data so i have started doing that so that is it that is where i have reached till now so i don't uh, i get confused at how how should my path be and how interview is like a distant dream for me right now so i i just want I, to see, i mean yeah. i would yep. i would say apply anyways like always be applying mm-hmm. a b a okay. always be applying okay. because you don't want to shut yourself off from opportunities just because you don't think you're ready right so yeah. even if you don't think you're ready you should still mm-hmm. apply and still go for go for it like there's nothing stopping you from doing that mm-hmm. but the most important thing is is building out projects and, and namely building okay. out projects that you find interesting that are genuinely interesting to you mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. make sure that you identify so, yeah so uh, because nowadays there's so much so much of information there and so many things going on so if uh, like you are suggesting that i should start with doing some projects so mm-hmm. from where should i do it from where should i yes, will exactly. i get it yeah i was right about to get there so what kind of industry do you want to work in do you want to work in healthcare do you want to work in e-commerce do you want to work in manufacturing do you want to work in uh so i have started looking out and i was i want that if i could use my finance knowledge as well so if i could get some profile where the where my finance knowledge as plus, plus my data analysis could be used that would be best for me mm-hmm. but as of now i have i i actually don't have that much of knowledge right now but yeah. i am trying to find something like that because i am from a commerce and a uh economics background so i think that will be best suited for me and that would actually be interest uh, be of interest for me yeah yeah so what i'm going to do is i'm going to show you how you can try to find a project for yourself mm-hmm. and yeah, maybe you can find some data for a project so for mm-hmm. everybody listening right now on the podcast this is also going to be put on youtube so if you guys want you can Uh, go on YouTube and see what I'm doing, but pretty much I'm going to open up a Google search, and we're going to do a Google Advanced search. So have you ever heard of Google Advanced search? 
No. Okay. Uh, so if you just go to is it semantic search? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Oh. Um, so go to Google Advanced Search. So we'll start from the very basics, right? So we okay. want to try to find keywords, right? So right now, what are the words that you want? You're looking for data science projects and yes. you're looking for in banking and finance, right? Exactly. So we could put data science project and then put it in quotes and then banking and finance, right? Um, this exact phrase, maybe we want to see a case study, mm -hmm. right? And the reason we want to see case studies is we want to see, are there any um, interesting use cases that we might not be aware of? Let's see what other people are doing. Let's see what data scientists are doing in this space, mm -hmm. what type of problems they're working with. Uh, any of these words, let's just put in visualization. How about that? Mm -hmm. And let's see what results we come up with. So you get a number of results. Top hit is how data science and finance has increased the industry's uh, profitability, right? Okay. And kind of just read through a bunch of mm -hmm. case studies, use cases like this, so that mm -hmm. you can understand, okay, how is, how are, how's the banking industry using data science? How using data science. Yep. And if you read enough, you'll start putting some dots together, like, you know, start mm -hmm. connecting some dots, right? Um, yeah. So that's step one. Try to figure out what kind of problems they're solving, right? Mm -hmm. Step two is going to be, all right, great. Now I need data, right? So we could type in, maybe we can go uh, the World Bank, right? And open data. And we know that the World Bank has open data, right? Yeah number of different uh, types of data sets that you can dig into that, you know, that might not necessarily be banking finance related, like in like private banking, private finance in that sense, but it's still data. It's still live data and you could still do interesting visualizations with it. Right. In fact, exactly. you might even, you might even go to data.worldbank.org and just read through a bunch of interesting use cases and, and look for something yourself. Like you see here, they've got the open data catalog. They got data bank. They got, the microdata library, so on and so forth. So you can just look at the open data catalog and see what they have. And now all of a sudden you're armed with a number of data sources. Yeah. You're armed with an idea for what types of analysis are typically being performed by data scientists mm -hmm. with finance and banking type of data. And exactly. the most important ingredient is like your own curiosity, right? And now you merge those things together and you can apply that through Tableau or through Python or whatever, just through a mm -hmm. project mm -hmm. and host that wherever you like, whether it's public.tableau or GitHub or whatever. But that's pretty much how you work through a, a, a project idea type of thing. So yeah. it begins with just trying to read and understand what is going on in your industry of interest mm -hmm. and just finding data and executing yep great uh, uh one more question so um if i want to start with something like the things that i already know i can work on and do like you're saying that do some research work and try to visualize and try to do things yourself and do some projects so if i ask you that what are what should be the i don't want to do everything 
I don't want to learn every single language or everything out there. But if you uh, jot down two, three uh, languages, of, if I must say, that I should do, what would you suggest? Is this your roundabout way of asking me if you learn Python or R? Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Because that is what I keep hearing all the time. Yeah. Explicitly said, don't ask me that question, but I'll answer it anyways. Just learn Python. Just learn Python. Python. I mean, why not? Okay. Uh, I'm saying that from, um, I'm sorry if you are listening and you're an R user or if you're watching this on YouTube and you're an R user, like I, I apologize. I just, I like Python. Um, but if you have time, why not learn them both, right? Like I definitely use R when I have to. Um, it's not okay. like I'm against it, but I'll use it when I have to. Uh, but if you're just starting out, I would say Python just because um, just because I personally like it. No other reason than that. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Awesome. We got her Garrett is a recent data science graduate currently interviewing at a company right on and they are heavily testing up case studies. Okay. Her question is, how do you solve cases during the interview where you have little or no domain knowledge about the cases come from a non-technical background with only data science internship experience? All right. Uh, how's it going to get it? Do you want to unmute? Yeah, hi, Harpreet. Hi. Um, yeah, so the cases that I'm uh, talking about is, uh, it's not even those open-end questions. They are basically testing on, um, they'll give you a data set, few columns, and what features would you like to experiment with, and what kind of feature engineering that you would like to solve. So I've already given two rounds of interviews, but I felt that I could have definitely done better. It's just that within that 20, 15, 20 minutes time of um, frame of time, I'm not able to come up with some personalized features or you know think out of the box and come up with features. So um, so far, I've been lucky enough to get um, questions that are that I have some knowledge about, but you know there's a lot of uh, I would say problems out there like recommender systems, then computer vision problems, different kinds of classification problems. So how do I um, prepare in like few days of, uh, you know, in the next few days for the next interview round? Yeah, so again, treat the job posting itself like a syllabus. So look through there and see exactly what it is that they're like specifying in that job description, right? Um, so that's step one. Make sure you totally treat the job description, job posting like it is a syllabus. Step two is maybe you can look up, if you have the names of the data scientists that you'll be interviewing with, maybe you can look them up on LinkedIn. Take a look at their about section. Take a look at what they have written as their job description on LinkedIn. Is there any indication that they're working with a particular type of tool or particular type of tool for projects, right? Because some people will put straight up on their LinkedIn the different projects they worked on, right? And so that could be an indication as to what's in their wheelhouse, what they're comfortable asking. Um, third is doing something very similar to what we just did with Gungeon here, which we can do again right now, actually. Um, so just for illustrative purposes, I'm going to pull up LinkedIn again. So, or Garrett, what is the um, industry that that last interview is at? Do you want to just tell me the job company or 
just the industry or whatever you want to share? Um, so I think uh, they are more into, it's a startup. So they are uh, working on um, providing AI or uh, AI ML based products to companies. Like one of the product was where they tried to uh, recommend like what and what a particular customer is going to order based on their past orders using facial recognition. So these are the kind of products that they launch for uh, different companies that are AI ML based. That sounds super interesting. They're using facial recognition to recommend products that a customer. also their also their past orders and they recognize the person through their facial recognition. I believe like this yeah. is the. Yeah, yeah. Super interesting. Um, this is the product that they launched for Nestle. So even I was quite intrigued by that. Yeah, product. that's really cool. Um, all right. So you said the interview is coming up or you've already had it? Um, so I already gave uh, three rounds and next round has to, it will be another round of case study. And I really need to stand out in order to crack this one. So, okay. so yeah. let's, let's deconstruct this a little bit more. So what did they did they give you any indication on what you might be covering in this last interview? Like, did they explicitly say, Oh, we're going to do a case study? Yes. Yes. Or anything like that. So it's, okay. Hmm. Go on, go on, tell me. Yeah. So it's going to be data science case study. Last one, uh, what they mentioned, it's going to be around regression and classification. So it was more of a statistical question that I was uh, tested on. Um, so I analyzed my answers and I felt that, you know, it was generic, um, I would say generic solution that I had given, like I'm going to perform, um, you know, I'm going to see the distribution of my Y variable, see if there are outliers, perform any logarithmic uh, transformation, then check for missing values. I'm going to impute missing values. So I felt that these are the, these were not personalized. It's something that I would do for any problem. So, yeah. Okay. And uh, just to clarify, so this next question, this next case study you're expecting that to build out a, a model they're going to give you raw data and your end result should be a a, a model so basically uh, they will be giving a set of columns okay. some knowledge about the columns this is the okay. data that you have what features would you like to test okay. uh, would you perform any statistical modeling okay. and then questions like how's your data pipe model pipeline going to look like Okay, cool. What what algorithms would you test with these with this kind of data set? So even coming up with an algorithm, like I can't just say, you know, I'm gonna test every algorithm and see my accuracy. Probably decision tree might work better for that kind of problem. Mm -hmm. So how to even think in that particular way? I would tell them I'm gonna use PyCarrot and actually test every single algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what, you could say that. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh but but uh, yeah, even I did somewhat similar to that. I know probably test with uh, simpler algorithms, see my accuracy, and then jump to complex algorithms. As it's as it's always better to try something simple, which is much more explainable than jumping onto complex algorithms. Yeah. So pulling up on Google, so you do feature engineering recommendation system. So you sound like you have like a hybrid recommender system. Um, whether they're going to ask you that specifically or not, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But um, that's a huge question. So let me just, let me refer you to something else instead. Um, have you read the book feature engineering for machine learning? No. Okay. I think they, let's see if I could find you. I think it's freely available online. 
might be. Yeah. Okay, so hopefully this is it. Yeah, so here's a link. Um, so there you go. So there's a link to it, and it's a great book. Um, I would just take a look at this and... Uh, and they have built a recommender, academic paper recommender, so that might be interesting for you to check out. Um, but yeah, I guess without knowing too much about the industry, not knowing too much oh. about what's going on, like it would just be in general, just understanding how to perform feature engineering would be useful. So definitely take cool. a look through that book because at the end of the day, like, you know, your feature engineering is probably the biggest thing you could do to come up with a model that performs better than having to make it more complex. You know what I mean? <laughs> so definitely read into that book and pick up some of those techniques. Maybe there might be stuff in there that you didn't know and try to find opportunities to apply that in, um, in your own. And it looks like somebody here posted a thing on LinkedIn. I don't know what this is, but we can pull it up. Uh, oh, yeah, it's one of Eric Weber's posts. So it must be the post where he was talking about. Uh, yes, yes, exactly. This was the one. So Eric Weber has a post, um, 50 titles that you can look for that do not mention data scientist and um, you'll be doing data science type of jobs. So there you go. Cool. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for hanging out for office hours. I appreciate you guys coming by and spending an hour with me. Um, if you guys liked office hours, um, we're more than happy to have you as part of data science dream job. Uh, here's the link right here, extended for the weekend, through the weekend. Um, you can register for Data Science Dream Job at 70% off. That's dsdj.co forward slash artists 70. Uh, not only would you have access to me multiple times a week, but we've got John Sebastian, we got Lediona, and we got Chris, and of course, Mr. Kyle, and a very vibrant Slack community. So check that out. Also, be sure to check out the Artists of Data Science podcast. Um, a lot of cool stuff on that. Um, if you're listening to this on the podcast, well, then you're already checking it out. In that case, thank you very much. Um, got a lot of interesting stuff happening in the next few months. Going to be some really cool people coming on the show. So definitely stick around. Uh, we'll do this again next week on the 25th. And... Looking forward to see you there. This is going to be up on YouTube and up on the podcast itself, most likely on Sunday. So keep an eye out. Also keep in mind that uh, registering for office hours also registers you for my email list and newsletter, which will be coming up soon. So I'll be sending you guys a lot of cool insights, um, cool just topics and learnings that I think will enrich your lives. So, Again, thank you for being here, and I appreciate you guys coming on and hanging out. Take care. Have a good weekend, everybody. Bye.